When I was 20 years old, I had a, a Toyota Corolla 1969 variety. Who had, a, who had a Toyota for your first car here? There'd be some people in the house. So I had a Toyota Corolla, and I was, I was living in country Victoria. I was playing AFL footy, and on one particular Saturday afternoon in my Toyota Corolla, I was, I was hooning on some back dirt roads towards... Uh, 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 the football game, it was either at Kuirup or Puong or somewhere with a delightful regional Victorian name like that. And I was, I was heading there and I came around a corner a little too fast. It was a dirt road, came around the corner sideways and I just popped over the ditch uh, and just banged into, into a ditch. And I, I got out of the car, looked at the car. Is, this, is everything okay? It seemed, it's just the, the front seemed a little pushed in, but nothing, nothing for a Toyota Corolla. We could keep going. Put, sort of reversed, pushed, reversed myself out. And then not really, you know, just hoping that everything was okay. I got in the car and I, I drove off to get to the footy game because that was the most important thing at that particular point. And so I, I'm driving, 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 and uh, not, not particularly looking at, at any gauges, but I'm just driving driving and then all of a sudden the car just died and then I looked at a gauge and I see that the temperature gauge was extremely high and what I didn't realize is that when I put the car and banged the front end of it the, the radiator had been pierced and at the bottom of the radiator which meant that all the water had drained out now I'm not particularly mechanical but I get the basics all the water had, had drained out and so while I'm driving the car quite quite strong the water radiator water is supposed to go through the car to keep it cool Tony is that right have I got it so far so it's, it's supposed to and so the, the water's not going through it's not cooling down the engine and after a while something bad happened to the engine it actually got a, it cracked because of the heat and the expense and I cracked the head on the car, which is bad. Uh, it meant that I had to put a new engine in, which I actually did myself, and it was never the same again. So there's a few lessons in this whole exercise today. But lesson number one was I made a big mistake as I drove along, and I, I as I drove in this particular car, as after the crash, I just didn't look at the dashboard. I didn't watch the temperature gauge. Uh, I don't think the fuel gauge worked and I'm one of those guys who, who, who likes to just run it to its absolute limit when it comes to petrol. Have we got any people who are like, empty is not really empty, it's just the start of the fun. How many of you are like that? Come on. How many of you at halfway start freaking out and running out of petrol and have to refill it up? All right, we're about halfway. Uh, who's married to the opposite? Uh-huh, okay, all right. Uh, some, some of you will remember when Hamish and Andy, and I talked about this, but they did a test. What happens when the car is on zero? Uh, how, many, how far, it was an Audi, how far has it got to run? And so they did this test and they filmed it and it took so long from when it said I've got zero kilometers to go, it took so long that the batteries on the camera they were recording the exercise with ran out before the car. And I shouldn't tell some of you this, but after it hit zero, it went for 111 kilometers after it hit zero, an hour and a half of driving in the car. Now, a little disclaimer, that was a little exercise in an Audi. So if you don't have an Audi, then don't take this for granted. But here's the thing. The point of what I'm talking about, I got into trouble with my car because I didn't read the gauges. I didn't read the gauges. And this morning, we're kicking off a series called, uh, called Running on Empty. <laughs> called Running on Empty. 
Just, just testing to see if we're here. All right, <laughs> running on empty. And the whole, the whole idea of running on empty is just as a car needs, we need to be able to read the gauges. And, and there's a number of critical gauges. But for a rookie car person, the petrol gauge would be one quite critical to watch. The temperature gauge, which is you know going to be a reflection of a number of different things, and the uh, temperature. That one. What else, Jake? What else would you say is important to watch? The oil gauge, the speedo. No, you never watch the speedo. I know that. Okay, the speedo is important, but that's for a whole lot of other reasons. Okay, the temperature and the oil gauge. Okay, the level of the oil because oil uh, re reduces the friction. So there's a whole reasons that you've got to read the gauges because the gauges tell you something about how the motor's going. If you don't read the gauges, you're going to run out. You're going to conk out. You're going to overheat. You're going to blow up, or you're going to find that your your engine will have problems because there's no oil keeping uh, reducing the friction. And again, that'll increase heat, and there will be problems. Now, I want to give you the, the thought today that, that although cars are complicated and well-created, you and I are more complicated and even more well-created. The Bible tells us that we were formed in our mother's womb. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, complex in all our ways. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, you're a complex person. Let's be careful who you say that to right now. We're complex, okay, fearfully and wonderfully made, complex in all of our ways. Some of you just got an elbow on the ribs for that particular one. You've been wanting to say that for a long time. But we are complex, fearfully and wonderfully made. The intricacies of, of the human being, but on every level, the Bible tells us in Thessalonians that we're created uh, as a body, a soul, and a spirit, a three-in-one, a triune person. When God created us, we're told that He made us, He said, let us make them in our image. God is a three-part God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when He made us in our image, He made us like Him in three, three parts. You are a spirit who has a soul that lives in a body. You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And if we're going to uh, run our, our race well, if we're going to go well for the purpose of God for our life and for our families and our relationships and everything that God's got, then we need to actually understand how to look after our physical body, how to look after our soul, and how to look after our spirit because each one of these things will affect how we operate. And the reason we're doing this series at this time of year, November, as we come to Christmas, normally you say to people, how are you? I would say the number one answer I get from people when I say, how are you or how you've been is busy. I've been busy. I've been flat out. I've been busy. And so, so this is a season where we move into even more busy because we take normal life. We, f we throw a whole lot of extra things on it. A school, end of year school things, exams for students, school holidays will start to kick in for parents and kids. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be work parties, Christmas parties, a whole lot of extra things will get laid over the normal busyness of life. And we need to understand how to read our own gauges so that we're not running on empty and we don't ultimately burn out in some format or destroy relationships because we don't understand. We're doing okay this morning. So I want, I want you to imagine, uh, Danielle and I have operated and thought like this for many years, uh, th this idea we got introduced to it probably 20-something years ago, the idea of it's important to learn, self-awareness is important to learn to understand our own gauges. 
I want you to think today and become in tune with how we are and how we're operating. I don't know, have you ever, have you ever been in a spiritually awesome experience and maybe it's a conference or, or you, you know, you've, you've been in this uplifting moment and you've been worshipping and praying and seeing visions and being prophesied over and it's like this spiritually uh, mountaintop experience and, and you're like, I am so alive, I'm going to change the world. But it was like three full tilt days of, of, of craziness and, and family crazy and all sorts of different things. So although spiritually you're awesome, you find yourself two days later physically tired and then you were, once had this vision of changing the world, now you want to rip the driver beside you's head off because anger issues are starting to emerge on the inside and you're wondering, but, but, and you can think to yourself, but I'm so spiritually alive. I'm so spiritually full. And what I want us to understand that it's, it, it, we need to be able to read how am I doing spiritually? How am I doing physically? Because our physical well-being, our physical body, those of you who've got little babies at home and you're losing sleep, you know that your physical body affects your soul or your emotional and mental well-being. There's a, there's a correlation between these things. And so I want us to, today to understand uh, that we, don't, we shouldn't be running on empty in any capacity, in our physical, in our soul, or in our spiritual capacity. So here, here's what I, today, there'll be a little bit of homework out of this. I want you to understand you have a spiritual tank. You have an emotional tank, which will be both uh, uh, mental and emotional. We've been talking about the mind and the heart. So your soul has a tank and you have a physical tank. And a great exercise to do would be to go, how full or how well is that area of my life doing? This week, Danielle and I sat down uh, with a pastoral mentor who we try and catch up with once, uh, once a quarter, particularly in the last five or six years as we've had extra responsibilities and the privilege of extra responsibilities come our way. We wanted to make sure that we're good at reading our own gauges, but we have somebody else externally helping us. And the question he asked us is emotionally right now, between zero and 10, I want you to rate yourself. 10 being you cannot wait to get out of bed in the morning and take on the world and take on the day and zero being you're just happy to stay in bed all day where are you on that tank and I won't tell you our answer but it was, it was just above the five so that, that it, was, it was pretty good for this time of year and so he asks us that question because the self-awareness of how we're traveling and then not just the self-awareness but the self-management to go well how do I need what do I need to do to change these things so that I'm a pleasant person to be around, so that I'm actually looking after myself so that I can be all that God has intended to be. Here's the first thought I want us to understand is my own emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being is primarily my responsibility. It's not my spouse's responsibility. It's not my parents' responsibility. It's not my pastor's responsibility. In fact, it's not even God's responsibility. But my own physical, soul, and spiritual well-being is my own responsibility. I need to look after myself and pay attention to how I'm traveling. Does that, does that make sense today? So let's just talk through these three gauges. And I want to give us a few thoughts. And really, it's the beginning, uh, it's the beginning of this series. So uh, if we're not running on empty, or if we are running on empty, the first thing is we need to be able to recognize it. And then we need to learn to know what to do about it. 
How do I recognize it? So let's just talk about the, the physical tank. Uh, the, the physical tank, it's a great idea to go and see your doctor. Some of you can go home right now because that's all you needed to hear. You haven't been to see a doctor for a long time. But it is a great idea to get a regular checkup and your doctor will do tests. They will, they will run blood tests. They will do a blood pressure tests. They will check on a whole range of different things about your life and your, your, your physical condition. And it's not that they're not, they don't care about you. They're not just interested in numbers. The numbers tell a story of your well-being. And can I suggest that, that the older you are, seeing a doctor on a regular basis so that you can see the patterns and the comparisons of how you travel is actually a wise thing to do. It is Movember, and I'm not going to scare you by growing a mo. Okay, I'm not going to scare you by growing a mo because it would be tragic. However, the whole principle, one of the thoughts of Movember for, for men who traditionally hate seeing the doctor would be that we would see a doctor, especially after 45, uh, on an annual basis and get the blood tests that are necessary to work out what's going on in our body to, to get early detection of any, any sinister thing that might be growing in our body. So getting seeing a docular re uh, regularly and being tuned in to your own body is a really important part of understanding our physical well-being. Now, now I, I've learned about three particular hormones uh, or, or chemicals that are really important in us. And, and so I, I'm going to be practical here today. Is, okay, is that okay if I'm practical? Biblical and practical. And I think it's really good to understand uh, some of these particular uh, hormones. So, so this is why your physical world will kind of be a reflection of a few different things. How well you sleep, your exercise, your diet. The, condition, the, the physical condition that you live in. So if you're working in a mine underground with a whole lot of smoke, that'll affect you, okay? But, but particularly, your sleep, your diet, and your exercise have a big part to play in your physical well-being. We can't blame... We, you can have a quiet time in the morning but sleep two hours at night and your spirit doesn't cover for your body. Okay, so looking after our body. It's all different. What one person's sleep needs is in one different season of life is different to what another person's sleep is. But pay attention to these areas. Uh, 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says this, physical training is good. It goes on and says, but training for, your, for godliness is much better. But I'm going to just stop it at the first thing. Physical training is good. I've learned, uh, I've learned what some people call about happy hormones uh, or, or a runner's high. Who knows what a runner's high is? Blair Young, you would know what a runner's high is. A runner's high is after you've been for an exercise and after you've, you've got your cardio up, what, what will happen is endorphins will be released into your body and those endorphins will give you the, uh, a natural high. Uh, people believe this. I'm not one of these people, but some people get addicted to running because of the runner's high. It's like, that's not me, okay? But, 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 but I, I like, if I run, there needs to be a ball or a competition or a winner. That's kind of how it works for me, even though I've actually I've learned to run just for, for meeting my friends, the endorphins, a little bit later on. One of the, one of, a lot of the exercise things that we need to do are counterintuitive. And so you think, I'm really tired, I should rest and, and sit in front of the TV. But sometimes, actually, what we need to do is exercise because that will release endorphins into our system. It will also, your other, I want to tell you about one of your best friends as a hormone is serotonin. Who knows Sarah? She's a great lady. Serotonin. Serotonin is the feel-good chemical that gets released into your body 
that, that, uh, that gets released when you're calm and quiet and you're, it, if you look at your serotonin levels, your emotional well-being will be a reflection of that, one of the things of that physical hormone in your body. Now, here's the interesting thing. Serotonin doesn't build or is not released into our body. I feel like I'm giving a lecture here, but it's okay. I'm going to just help for a while. Uh, it's not released into our body when adrenaline is pumping in our body. So adrenaline is the fight or flight. It's like, oh, there's a lion. Adrenaline gets released into my body. I've got extra energy and I can run to escape the lion. That's supposed to be different moments that I have throughout my days. But for many of us, we're running so hard and stress and, and anxiety causes us to live at a high level of adrenaline, which is kind of exciting for a while. But then if there's no, if there's no stop, then the adrenaline doesn't come out. And then what happens is serotonin doesn't build up. So for a while, you can get away with living on adrenaline. But after a while, if you just keep living, 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 running life hard, running fast, burning the candle at both ends, after a while, what will happen is that adrenaline will begin to affect not just our physical body, but it'll start to affect your emotional world. Many of, you, many of us have probably done this, run really hard for a season, then stop and go on holidays. And as soon as you stop, the adrenaline kicks out, your immune system drops down and you get sick. That's not the devil. That's your physical body responding to adrenaline leaving the body. So, so what we need to do on a regular basis, and in two weeks' time, I'm going to preach a message about Sabbath life. Okay, Sabbath life. The, keeping the Sabbath, the seventh day rest principle that God instituted, is so important, it made the Ten Commandments before not murdering or not having adultery. Now, I wonder if there's a link between the two. Learn to keep the Sabbath so that you don't murder. I, I think, you know, maybe, maybe, I'm not sure what's going on there, but I just wonder if there might be a link. So in two Sundays' time, I'm going to pre preach all about what is a Sabbath in our modern age and what does it look like, okay? Because that's the capacity to stop, let adrenaline drop out, naturally allows serotonin to kick in because that's the way God wired us. He wired you and I to live this particular way. So this is, this is our physical world. So endorphins, adrenaline, serotonin, that, these are some of your friends if we learn to understand them. Sleep, good diet, exercise. That's enough on that particular one, the physical tank, learning to understand it. All right, let's, let's talk then about our soul tank. Uh, some people will have two tanks, uh, a mental and an, like a, one of our brain, our thinking, and an emotional tank. Uh, I'll just call it your soul tank. Your soul tank is really the, the condition of your soul is your well-being. It's your inner world. It's, 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 how you, it's not how you're feeling physically, but how you're feeling in terms of about yourself, the thoughts that are, that are going around and around. If you ever notice when you get sick, one of the, the, so that's a physical tank thing. When you get sick, one of the easiest things that starts to happen is negative thoughts start to bombard. And suddenly, or you get super tired and, and, and you go from the top of the mountain to down, down the road and then suddenly you just get bombarded with negative thoughts or your emotions uh, will follow that. And so understanding how our soul works is really important. You, you can tell your, your soul is starting to get redlining. So, you know, maybe four, uh, three or four out of ten. You, you're, you're starting to get into danger zone when you become really snappy at people. When just when everything irritates you. I don't elbow anybody at this particular moment. When you would just like to take a long walk and not come back. 
When you, and, and, and as it gets worse, things like, I don't even want to get out of bed. I don't want to see a person. I can't handle it. I want to escape. I, when, when there's, uh, I know, I, I've got an, in, there, there are certain words that I don't say out loud normally that start to come into my mind. I'm not going to share them here today, but they're not pretty words. But I know that I'm starting to redline. My soul is starting to get empty when, these, when I'm starting to think these thoughts that a man of God shouldn't think. And so I know this is, you know, and again, I will consider the three, uh, the three tanks of my life, the three gauges. How am I tracking? Do I need to do some exercise, get some more sleep? Uh, or is there a spiritual answer or is it a soul answer? But, but I'm aware these are my signs that I'm not doing well. And I want you to maybe as part of your exercise, what are some signs for you that your soul is not doing well? We sing this, uh, there's a great Christian song, It is well with my soul. And it's awesome when it's well with our soul. But we've also got to understand when it's not well with our soul. Firstly, how do I recognize it? And then secondly, what do I do about that? What do I do about that? Uh, you'll find that there are certain things that will, that will engage your soul and, and mentally that will drain you very quickly. Uh, if you've got unforgiveness with a person, and you're thinking about that over and over and over again, that will drain the battery of your soul very quickly. When we're in stressful situations and we're facing uh, different challenges, uh, often, or there's a lot of conflict, you can find that your heart and your emotions is engaged and your mind's thinking about something over and over. And again, very quickly, you can get drained. Your soul battery is quite resilient, but uh, so it's, uh, very rarely does it go from 10 to zero in, in a few days. It's usually over a long period of time of ignoring the condition of our soul that we will begin to get worn out. Uh, it's interesting that when John, in 3 John writes to, uh, I think it's to Gaius, and he says this, I want you, beloved, to prosper and to be in good health, the physical realm, just as your soul prospers. He says, I want you to look after your soul, friend. I want you to look after your soul because if you look after your soul, so often your physical well-being will flow out of the condition of your heart and the condition of your thinking. So there are certain things that, that we need. If we recognize, oh, I'm being drained, I, 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 I'm, I'm stressed out of my brain, I'm worn out. There are certain things that we do that don't necessarily help. There are certain habits that we can be in and, and practices where we just, we go, oh, I'm so stressed, so what I'm going to do is sit on my phone all night, searching the internet, playing games, watching, watching stuff, going on social media, and rather than, than withdrawing and allowing the gauge of my soul to increase, what often happens is I just, I actually, I, I call it this, my mind just stays on the treadmill and I'm just running, 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 running. My mind isn't working if you ever uh, i'm not an it person but often my computer has problems and number one thing they say is turn it off and unplug and then reset and we often have to learn for our soul that the way to deal with when we're stressed is to learn to switch off our mind and unplug from stuff so that in, in the process of unplugging, they're, they're, it's just like, oh, I, I'm, I'm turning from the thinking and thought processes, the worry, the concerns that are stressing me, and I'm unplugging from that. And, I, and it's very hard to just be in neutral. You've actually got to turn to something. 
Because in the turning to something comes a break of patterns of thinking and worries and concerns. And in the process of that break, there comes a reset. So it's, it's unplugged. So for, for me, and we, you know, part of the Sabbath principle is this, and again, I'll talk in two weeks, but the simple thing is on a Sabbath, we, we, Danielle and I work together to stop what we normally do and to unplug from things. So usually that's social media and emails and a whole lot of different things that will engage our mind in work for us. Now, some of you, your social media is, isn't work, so it's just connection, that, that's fine. But for many people, your social media is work. And so if you keep doing that and you keep checking emails, it's like you leave the computer on, still going and churning. So the ability to stop is very powerful. Now, now here's the thing. So if we recognize my soul is low, what do I need to do? Well, this is, this is what Psalm 23 says. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Little side note, uh, if you don't learn to lie down, He will make you lie down. Your, your body is not designed to not stop. It will make you lie down if you don't learn to lie down. Okay. Uh, he lead, in, in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul he restores my soul god is interested in your soul he is interested in the condition of your soul your heart your mind your thinking your well-being he cares about it and jesus as your great shepherd wants to take you places where we unplug and where we find joy and delight and we recharge i've just written down some of these things for different people it will be this uh for some of you um the, the re restoring of your soul will be walking on the beach without your mobile phone. Uh, for some of you, it'll be walking uh, around waterfalls. It'll be getting back to nature. It'll be going up to Montville or to Mullaney or it, it'll be getting out to farm or whatever. For some of you, it'll be getting on a motorbike and, and just, just getting on that bike and cruising into, into the nowhere nothingness and being able to tune out. Uh, for some of you, it'll be sport and fun and competition. I love competition. It takes me to a whole other place and engages my mind. For some of you, it'll be meaningful friendships. And the conversations that you have around meaningful friendships will replenish and restore your soul. For some of you, it will be art and painting and creativity. For some, it'll be music, playing or listening. For some of you, it'll be just sitting still and doing absolutely nothing. But learning in the craziness of a busy world that we live in to unplug and walk away from things that are almost addictive and magnetic and to leave it behind and to step into whatever it is, let the Lord take you to that place. It's where He restores our soul. And so part of the question is today, maybe go home with someone and say, What's the, what out of 10 are you in your soul right now? And what's something that we could do in the next seven days that could help replenish your soul? Each day, every seven days, every year, what's something that we can do? We'll talk about that more. Uh, very soon that's your soul and the third thing here is your spirit is your spirit so spiritually uh, you and i are made in the image of god god is spirit we are spirit and so again let me let's get some understanding spiritually of how i'm tracking if i if i'm low in my spirit this is what i've found if i'm low in my spirit i drain quicker in my soul if i'm low physically i drain quicker in my soul 
And if I'm low in my spirit, I drain quickly. So, so often what I find is when people go, oh, I'm, I'm not feeling well emotionally, the temptation is to unplug, but not to plug into God. But the fastest way to refuel your soul is to plug into the creator of the universe. He wants to. The Bible says, wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. So for me, so often the first point I go is, okay, I'm feeling flat. I'm feeling low. And so we'll go through this house. The number one gauge I read is my spirit gauge. How's my spirit going? And so here's some questions I'll ask myself. Um, Do I want to pray? Like, do I want to pray? Is there something inside of me that's attracted to it? If I don't want to pray, that's a sign that my spirit gauge is low. Do I, does worship bubble up from within me? If not, a bit low. Do I want to read the Bible or is it just a chore? I'm a bit low. Do I want to be in church with God's people and worship? If not, maybe that's a sign that I'm a bit low. There's, there's a range of different things. Uh, does encouraging other Christians and being with them, is that actually a drain to me? often a sign that I'm a bit low. So the thing that we've got to recognize, if that's the way I'm feeling spiritually, if, if worship's hard work and prayer's hard work, what I've got to do, it's a little bit like the physical thing that's counterintuitive. I'm tired, I think I should not exercise, but actually the thing I need to do is exercise. So spiritually, I, I, I think, oh, I'll just not go to church today, that'll help me feel better. I'll just miss my, I'll miss my prayer time today, or I, I won't have worship, or I, I won't do the things that fill me, not because they're a chore, but because I get a connection to God and they fill me. But when we stop doing that, we start to sink even more. So it's the, it's the connection of understanding your spirit. You see, there's nothing, and I'm going to get a keyboard to start right now. There's nothing more amazing I'll get the whole band, actually. There's nothing more amazing for me but when I'm feeling tired and when I'm feeling stressed to just stop, to pray in the Spirit for a little while, to pray in tongues, to build up my spirit, and then just to go, Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me with peace? Would you come and clothe me with your love? And when that's a, a daily kind of exercise, or if, you, if you're, you're, you're able to do it, you'll find faster than doing nothing faster than watching a movie to escape and i'm not against movies uh that that's all cool but faster than anything else a touch from god will bring life into your spirit and that will overflow into your heart and into your mind the presence of god is a beautiful beautiful thing i want us to close our eyes right now Bible says don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life instead be filled with the Holy Spirit if I can be filled that means I can be empty the Holy Spirit's here today to fill us I'm asking Holy Spirit you'll come and bring your presence your life your encouragement to people just as you're sitting here this morning, if you're saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm really conscious that I'm both physically, that I'm, my soul is weary and tired. 
and, my, and I need a spiritual touch from heaven. If that's you, I just want you to stand up in your seat and we're going to pray together right now. If that's you, you're going, you know what? My soul's weary and tired. And we all get like that. But if you're recognizing that's where I am, I've been fighting battles, been doing things, struggling with different challenges, different disappointments. Your mind has been engaged in, a, in warfare and things. Are, it's just a, it's a, that season for you. I'm going to pray for the refreshing touch of heaven to come upon you right now. Holy Spirit, oh, sweet Holy Spirit, for each person standing here right now, you see the battles, you see the stretch, you see the challenges. And I'm asking Holy Spirit, even right now, for those watching at home, right now, the power of God would just come. Your love would come and wash over. Your love would come. Your love's amazing. Holy Spirit, pour the love of the Father out in our hearts together right now. Pour that love out. Pour that love out. Sweet Spirit of God, come and touch each person here right now. Lord, where there's disappointment and discouragement, I'm asking that the power of God would wash that off now in Jesus' name. Just wash it off. Just wash it off. Just wash it off. Let the grace of God just come. Your love. Just reach your hands out to God if you're standing up. Reach your hands out. Be, a, be like a vessel ready to receive. Pour in love, God, right now. Pour in love right now. Pour in love right now. One of the things I love to do when I get to a depleted stage, I love to get in the car. Often I'll go up to Montville or somewhere, just the rolling green hills do something for my soul. It reminds me of where I grew up. I'll put worship music on and I'll just drive and I'll be on my own and just drive and, and listen and sing and worship and look out the window. And it's amazing what an hour in that kind of zone or state can do for my spirit and my soul. My prayer is you'll find what that is for you. But that being in the house of God would be the number one thing that brings peace to your heart, peace to your soul. Right now in Jesus' name. Can I ask us all to stand together? I'm wondering here this morning, if you're here this morning and you've never actually invited God to come into your heart, if you've never said, I want to have a relationship with the creator of the universe, you were created to be in relationship with God. It's the, there's a hole in your heart that was designed for God to be there. You'll never be fulfilled or, or satisfied until you have that connection with God. And so what I want to do in just a moment, I'd love to pray with you. If you're saying, John, today, I've never invited God into my heart. I've never asked for his forgiveness. In a moment, I'm just going to ask you while you're standing, if you're saying, I'd like to do that, just simply to raise your hand. And I'll just say, when I see your hand, I see your hand, you can put it down. And then I'm going to lead us all that we're all going to pray a prayer together saying, yeah, I, I want God to come into my life. Maybe there's been a point where you did connect with Christ. You did invite Him into your heart, but you, you've drifted away from Him. And today you want to reconnect with God. Today's the day. The fastest way for you to get out of the, the hole, the ditch, 
that you found yourself in is to reconnect back to Him. And if that's you in a moment, I want you to raise your hand. Or maybe you're here today and you're on a spiritual journey and you're just not sure if when you die you're going to go to heaven. It's way too important to be sure of. If that's you in a moment, I want you also to raise your hand. So while every eye is closed right across this room, God loves you. He's got a great purpose for you. And He wants you to take a step towards Him. So if you're going to do that today, right now you're saying, I want to invite God into my life. I want to reconnect with Him. We'll be sure I'm going to heaven. Would you just raise your hand up and say, that's me right now. John, I, want to, I would love to pray this prayer to connect with God. Fantastic. Thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome. Right down the back there. Who else? Okay, awesome. Just in the middle here. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put it down, this lady here. Over here in the third row as well. Thanks, man. You can put your hand down. Who else right now you're saying, this is me. I need to connect with God. I need to get right with God. I've drifted from God. Maybe you've just drifted from God. You didn't mean to. You didn't stop believing in Him. But you found yourself getting busy. And then suddenly you just, I've lost the connection. Today you need to get that connection back with God. Today's your step back towards Him. If that's you, would you also raise your hand as well and say, John, that's me. I need to reconnect with God. Thank you. I see your hand. That's awesome. Wonderful. Can we all pray this prayer together? If you're online right now watching and in your heart, you need to reconnect with God. I want you to pray this prayer with us as well. Let's close our eyes, church. Let's pray this prayer together with these four people. Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and for my sin. I'm sorry. I'm turning to you to worship you and to live your way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you today that I'm born again, that I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, right now, for each person who prayed that prayer, I thank you, Holy Spirit, the seal of heaven comes. A new beginning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. For those of you who raised your hand, uh, some of our team will have seen your hand go up and want to just have a quick chat, answer any questions you've got. But really, we want to help you have a relationship with God. That's, that's bottom line what church is all about, helping people have a relationship with God. Uh, I love you if, if you do. The, the, the very first point for those who raised your hand would be to come back next Sunday. Uh, to connect with some people. We have this thing called the growth track. That's the beginning of your journey with God. We'd love you to get on that growth track. It's just a four-week course over four Sundays. We'd love you to do that. You could do that in the next service or you could do that tonight, but however it works, we'd love you to begin that journey and get on that growth track. So church, God bless you. Read your gauges. Go home and ask someone how you're feeling, where you're up to, and what are you going to do about it. God bless you. Thank you so much.